Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al, hanging out on a Saturday. Thanks for tuning in uh, right here on AM760 KFMB. Couple of things, 529 plans. If you haven't heard, uh, some changes here coming down the pike, potentially. Yeah, proposal. Proposal yes. with 529 plans. So if you're not familiar with the 529 plan, it's a college savings plan that you can invest money after tax dollars that will grow 100% tax-free if it's used for a qualified education. So a lot of you are trying to save for your kid's education. You can use a 529 plan to fund, or if you have grandchildren that you would like to fund or, or help fund college education, it's a good vehicle to use. Uh, it's a state plan. You can pick any state, California, Utah, Minnesota, Wisconsin, whatever, and they all have different custodians. You know, So if you like a certain investment philosophy or strategy or whatever, uh, you can shop it around. Uh, depending on what your preference is. Right. Uh, some states have some sort of tax benefits, additional tax benefits. California does not. Yeah. Uh, so if you use California's plan or Nevada's plan or Utah's plan, it doesn't necessarily matter. There's no added benefits. Some right. states, if you lived in Minnesota and you used the Minnesota plan, uh, this is hypothetical. I don't know this. Uh, but they might give it an, an additional um, benefit if they, you use their plan. They do. Some some of the states do offer a current tax benefit, and, and other states actually offer extra benefits if you go to a college in, in their, their state, state with right. their plan. California is not one of them, as you said. So um, then we would get these questions quite a bit. It's like, all right, Joe Al, I have this 529 plan. You know what? My kid didn't go to school. He went to a trade school or he went to the military yeah, or you know what? got it. a full ride. Yeah, scholarship. And so sure. now I have... 50,000 bucks, 100,000 bucks, whatever it is, inside this 529 plan. Because if you use that money for, um, what am I trying to say? Jeez, I'm tired. If you use the money for non-educational Some, something, purposes. Something other than education. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Thank you very much. Uh, and anyway, so you that, get blown up. You get taxed and penalized. Yeah, you do. So you put in, I don't know, you put in $25,000 and it's grown to $50,000 and you and you withdraw that money for something other than education. That $25,000 of growth, you got to pay income taxes and 10% penalty to boot. So it's like, okay, you got to be careful by using these plans right? because you don't want to overfund them. Correct. Now what they're potentially saying is that you can roll those dollars into a Roth IRA. Yeah, wouldn't that be something if that goes through? So, so, all right. so I would put like 100000 bucks, As much as you can. Into a 529 plan and say, you know what? The kids didn't go to school. Boom. Now roll it into a Roth. And, and at this point, it's only a proposal and, and all the details aren't there. And, and what I did read, Joe, is there are – some limitations. Uh, in other words, you can't just like fund it like crazy with no kids, right? <laughs> or there has to be some I got nieces or some, nephews. Some expectation, I guess. Of, and I don't know how they're going to do that or monitor that. But uh, you know, California, we we looked at this up recently. It's something like four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars is the cap. So that's a lot of money that you could get into a five twenty-nine plan. And let's say you use some of it for your kid's education, but the rest, if you could roll that to a Roth IRA, that's like a gigantic contribution. That, that would be amazing. Yeah, I got Junior here. <laughs> he's going to be a doctor. <laughs> he's going to go to Harvard. Yeah, he's one year And then old. he's going to get a double get doctorate at Yale. Right. Yeah, so I need at least 400 grand. Right. And then uh, he goes to trade school and becomes a plumber. <laughs> Done. Perfect. <laughs> 
Well, good job, Junior. I just yeah. got 400 grand in my Roth. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that happens. But boy, if that does happen, that's a big deal, Joe. Yeah, they're also looking at now changing uh, the landscape a little bit of retirement. Now, this old DOL rule, uh, Department of Labor, as I'm sure some of you have heard, if you listen to Financial Talk Radio, of course, you've probably heard the DOL when it comes to the fiduciary rules, when it comes to retirement plans. And they're trying to protect the consumer, which Al and I are all for. We've been a, um, our firm. You know, is is it fiduciary? And you know, people now are using it as a marketing ploy, which I know is driving me nuts. Yes. You know, there's a very large um, advisor that um, is in Virginia and goes on rants about the whole fiduciary standard. Yes. Right? But he's duly registered. Yeah, but if you listen to him, he says it's only about one percent of his business. Well, his he's insurance. still duly re- registered. <laughs> what that means is that you you're still a broker if you're duly registered. So if you ever hear a financial show like this, and then they'll say something like, um, let's say I had a company called Anderson Financial. Okay. It was a Anderson Financial, a registered investment advisor, uh, not affiliated with LPL Financial Services, a registered broker-dealer. Uh, Joe Anderson is a registered representative of LPL Financial. <laughs> okay. That means I'm duly registered. Yes. I'm a registered investment advisor. I'm also a broker for a broker-dealer. So, wait a minute. So, you're a fiduciary when you want to be? Yes. And Only when I want to be. And not when you don't want to be. Exactly. How does and it- you won't know the difference. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Right. So I'm on the radio. We're, you know, hey, we're a fiduciary. And then next thing you know, boom, I'm selling you some crap. <laughs> well, maybe it's decent. <laughs> sure. But <laughs> but you don't know, right? That's yeah, the problem. I don't know. Where, where the heck am I going with this? Anyway. <laughs> I don't so know. Now, uh, so now, the, because there's this retirement crisis, Alan. Yes. A lot of people don't have enough money saved. Well, we just, well, last segment, we learned uh, what a th- uh, one, one seventh of all retirees have no money at all. Zero. And 50% of single retirees, uh, Social Security is, is 90. 90% of their income. So basically, virtually all of it. Yes. That's, in fact, that's it, pretty much. So that means there's um, some issues when it comes to retirement. And the federal government, I guess, understands this and saying, okay, well, something's got to give. Got to step in. We got to step in a little bit here. We got to right. figure something out. And so, A, uh, the DOL stepped in and said, okay, well, here I think a lot of these financial institutions might be selling different products by making large profits for the institutions, but might be going in, or the, 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 the consumer is purchasing new products that might not necessarily be the best product for them. So now everyone that is dealing with retirement accounts need to act as a fiduciary. Right. right? They will still sell you product, and what they'll have to do is they'll you'll have to sign a disclosure in a sense that that it's not potentially in your best interest. Well, that you're aware that, that yeah, you're aware that there's a commission or something. like There could like be that. a conflict of interest right. and all that sort of thing, and and uh, so but. Just take a step back. That's pretty logical, right? Shouldn't all advisors uh, offer uh, advice in in your, the client's, best interest? Yes. I mean, who would disagree with that? I wouldn't. (laughs) Well, that's the foundation of Pure Financial Advisors. We're we're a registered investment advisor, fiduciary fee only. That means there's never a commission generated. We went a step further, and we have all of our advisors, certified financial planners. First of all, anyone that gives advice, they need to be competent, so they're a certified financial planner. And second, we pay them a straight salary. So we're trying to eliminate a lot of the different conflicts in the industry. Anyway, that being said, now the federal government is thinking, hey, we should revamp and I read something, which will probably never go through. But I read something that was like, you know what? This is finally someone is thinking bigger picture here. Because we have fought and talked about this for years, is that 
there's got to be some uniformity in regards to contributions to retirement accounts. Because you've seen the statistics, people that have a retirement account through work have a lot more money than people that don't have a retirement plan through work. Right. Because it's easier to save. It's out of sight, out of mind. So if I can, if Alan has a job that has a 401k plan, well, he can put $24,000 pre-tax or into the Roth provision of that plan. Right. I'm his neighbor. I make the same amount of money as Al, but I don't have a 401k plan. I can only put in 6500 bucks if I'm over 50, which right. I'm not. For you. Okay? <laughs> so I can put in 5500 bucks. <laughs> which you made that pretty clear. Yes, you're you're yes. not. 5500 bucks. And you know what? It's going to be a struggle for me to find the $5,500 because it's not coming out of my paycheck directly. Then I got to find a brokerage house to open it up. Do I go online? Do I find a broker? No, I don't want to do that. I hear all this DOL stuff. I'm probably going to get screwed. Right? <laughs> so I'm not going to do anything. Right. And then next thing I know, when I turn 65... Yeah, you're one of those seven or I'm going to live 90% of my income. <laughs> so, so From Social Security. Security. <laughs> there you go. Now I'm a statistic. So what was the proposal? It was like uniformity in a sense that everyone potentially could have the same plan, yeah. which would uniform like to, the, to, the same 401k plan across all. To me, that's such a logical solution that it probably, as you say, it probably never happened. No, because it's logical. Because, I mean, if you could imagine your retirement game plan was no longer just about a number or just about your investments, imagine if you could fill in all the gaps and have all of the answers to a rock solid game plan that covered everything from A to Z. Imagine what kind of confidence that would bring. We got to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Welcome back. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Uh, go to purefinancial.com, purefinancial.com. Great information on purefinancial.com. I'm doing a webinar with uh, Dr. Katie. You are. Is it on Medicare? Uh, it is. Yeah. Understanding Medicare. Okay. And uh, yeah, Dr. Katie, she's probably one of the, she's like a Mary Beth Franklin. Yeah, she's a, uh, yeah, probably the, one of the foremost authorities on Medicare in the country, wouldn't you say? Thank you for saying that. Yes. Because I was trying to find a word. And I, was <laughs> I, I, know, it, I know you were. And it was going to sound stupid. <laughs> she's an authority. She is so she's good. Pretty, she's really pretty good. She's really good. <laughs> she gets it. So <laughs> She gets it. And, and we don't, so we're, we're going to have her on the web. Yes. See, that's what we do. We find really smart people to yes. talk about stuff I have no interest in. <laughs> Wait, you don't know Medicare inside now? Not really, no. <laughs> no. I understand there's part A, part B, part C, part D. Yeah. There's penalties if you don't enroll. Of You're course. automatically enrolled when you get into um, Social Security. We know enough to when we need to call it. Yes. Yeah, right? Yes. I understand the basics. Yes. But when you, we want to take a deep dive. Oh, you going deep. Yeah, okay. we're going deep. Got it. And so we already have several hundred people registered for this webinar. Really? Yeah. Across the country? Uh, no, just here in oh, locally, here. San Diego. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. So um, if you would like to join us on the webinar, you can always go to purefinancial.com and just dig around the website for about 20 minutes and you'll find us. <laughs> well, we have, what, a learning center? Yes, so is that where they go? go there. <laughs> you'll go find there. it. You'll I'm find pretty it. sure you, that, I just saved him five minutes. <laughs> That's only 15. <laughs> you'll, you'll find it. Just, I don't know, webinar. So, yeah. Um, so, or, um, Type in the search box, <laughs> Medicare yes, webinar. Me- Medicare webinar. It, it won't, it won't it pop probably, up. Probably not. <laughs> But it would be a good try. It will. 
uh, and all you got to do is register if you find it. Register, and then you don't have to go when we do it live. I think we're doing it July nineteenth, but you'll get the replay. Oh, okay, that's so nice. So if you registered, then we send you a link to the replay, and so it's all good. So if you're concerned about Medicare, what to do? Uh, we have the what the most authoritative person in the world <laughs> when it comes to Medicare? I, yeah, I, I said one of the top authorities on Medicare. Yes. in the United yes, States, Dr. Katie. Yeah, Dr. Katie. <laughs> So um, she's and been on the show a couple of times. That's her first name. Yeah, Katie. She likes to go by Dr. Katie with the first name. I her last name is Vo- Vota Vo- Voya. Volta. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I thought we could just get through this <laughs> by saying Dr. Katie. <laughs> no, we got to be tight. Ugh, all well, right. Joe, I got, uh, did you know the baby boomers uh, will be turning 70 and a half starting on July 1st? I thought they already turned 70 and a half. No, no, not not yet. Uh, in, in fact, uh, those born between the baby boomers starting in 1946, those born between January 1st and June 30th of 1946 will turn 70 and a half this year which means you're going to have to start taking your required minimum distribution. So a couple questions with this here. So let's first talk about a required minimum distribution. That is a requirement by law that you have to start pulling money from your overall retirement accounts uh, starting April 1st following your 70 and a half birthday. Yeah, so that means you turned 70 and a half this year. So you can take that first required distribution next year by April 1st. But you would have to take two distributions if you did that. That's correct. So you got to be careful. Um, first of all, you have to take a look at, well, how big is the distribution? Right? If it's a large distribution, you probably don't want to push it out. I agree with that. Unless... You know, you have large income for some instance, you sold a property or something like that, then you can kind of play with the numbers a little bit. But in most cases, our advice with most of our clients and listeners is probably to take that distribution, not to push it into the second year, to take it in that first year. Because if you got doubled up distributions on top of your pensions and everything else, that could pop you up potentially into a a different tax bracket, and then you're just going to lose more to Uncle Sam there. That that is exactly right. That is the problem, Joe, because uh, let's say your required distribution is $70,000. Just make up a what, number. Is it a, what, a $5 million account? <laughs> no, that, that would be on about a million and a half. <laughs> I'm assuming you got it. I'm assuming you're well, well to do. <laughs> so let's see your distribution about seven hundred grand. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you're Mitt Romney, because, you got a billion dollars in your IRA. <laughs> well, I'm just going to stick with my example anyway. So let's say, let's, I would say let's you're say, talking to like one hundredth percent no, of the population. No, no, because no. people are rolling over their four hundred one ks and their IRAs. Come on. Yeah. Well, we just talked about one half. <laughs> All individuals are living off of their social security. I know they're not listening to our show. <laughs> I guarantee I don't, you, they're I don't not. Think. So what about this? So you had seventy thousand dollars required distribution. <laughs> And if you don't take it this year, uh, because I mean you're turning seventy and a half this year, you wait till April first of next year. You got to take seventy thousand by April first, and you got to take another seventy thousand right. by December thirty first. So you got to take one hundred forty thousand dollars, and I can pretty much guarantee you're going to be in a higher tax bracket as a consequence. So that's the point. Another question we get: When should I take the distribution? Oh, right. good question. Right. So let's say you already took the, the your first distribution. So we yes. got that. You took yeah. your seventy grand. <laughs> 
hypothetically. I could have said 100 grand. Well, I mean, at 70 and a half, it's 4%, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, it, I mean, we've seen distributions, of course, in the $150,000, $200,000 ranges. Yeah, I mean, we, a lot of our have. clients have those large distributions. Yes. And I think uh, a, but lot like my, right, I mean, a lot of our we're, we're, listeners. We're, we're going right into, you know, 90% of the, the population is living <laughs> on the street. <laughs> but let's do this hypothetical yeah. example. So your acquired distribution is 150000 <laughs> Clearly, you're not part of that 50%. You've got a little bit more money. You've got a couple more money. So, but that is a good question, Joe. So, so should I take it? All right. So yeah. you've already taken your distribution. Now all right, you're so living. What, what would you say? And I'm going to see if I agree with it. I don't think it really matters. Okay. There's two trains of thought. Okay. Because you could take it right away in January, which some people say you should. Because let's say I'm taking my required distribution, take it out in January. So take your seventy thousand dollars out. We'll continue on with that example. Right. You pull, you pay the taxes on that seventy thousand dollars. Now that money is either going to be spent, or you can invest it in a brokerage account. Right. And then that money is now outside of the shell of the retirement account, and any future growth that it has will be then taxed at a capital gains rate. Okay. Okay. That's one way to do it. Sure. Another way to do it is that all right. Well, here, how much money do you have? Um, and what does your overall situation look like? Maybe you just take it monthly, right? You, you take the seventy thousand bucks out on a monthly basis. Maybe you add that to your income stream. And then, yeah, and then yeah. just spend it. Yeah, right. right. You could do that. Yeah. Or you could wait until December. And some people say yes. I think waiting until December is a better option because you get the tax deferred growth on that seventy thousand dollars. So you're only paying tax on the seventy, not the earnings on that seventy. That earnings in the seventy will continue to defer until you have to pull the money out. Okay, so those are the three logical choices that you could use. I would think the best in our philosophy would to take it out as soon as you can to get it out of the shell of the retirement account to get it into a more tax-favored environment if you're not going to spend it. Yes, I agree 100%. Although I also agree with your first statement. It doesn't matter that much. I mean, we're we're not talking about a big difference either way or another. But uh, the other thing about that, Joe, is is if you want to do a Roth conversion, you got to take out your acquired distribution first. first. So, and you want to do your Roth conversion in the in the beginning of the year to get that tax free growth. And and this is really all about trying to figure out your taxes in retirement because taxes don't stop when your paycheck does. Because when you start tapping your retirement nest egg, it comes with all sorts of new rules and opportunities. So think about this: instead of contributing to tax-deferred plans that reduce your taxes, you'll start tapping into those savings for income and paying taxes at your regular rate. So as you near retirement, tax planning becomes more important than ever, but you must use a forward-thinking tax strategy because you have more control over taxes in retirement more than you think, actually more so than any other time in your life. Got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Go to purefinancial.com. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast, uh, Your Money, Your Wealth on iTunes. Uh, So for you podcast listeners, welcome back to the program. Looking at a couple of other things when it comes to IRAs there, Al. We were talking about required distributions and when you should take them. Right. Unfortunately... I wish you could convert the required distribution. That would be nice, right? If you do decide to convert it, here's what happens. You get an excess contribution penalty of 6% per year every time or every year that that dollar's in the Roth. So 
myself, I uh, did a backdoor Roth conversion. And I got a letter from the IRS. Yes, they wanted to know what the heck you were doing. They were like, hey, what, Anderson, <laughs> what, are, what are you doing here, buddy? Wait, did you just write them back and say, hey, I'm a talk show host. I know what I'm doing. No, I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am That's in right. construction. <laughs> I mean, go, right? go lenient on me. <laughs> yes. No, I f- forgot to file the 8606 form. Oh, yeah. So when you do a conversion, there's certain forms. Yes. And I don't do my own taxes. Right. The so CPA. You're, you're, you're trusting the CPA. Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, since Alan does my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad idea. He forgot to file a form. No, I don't use Alan um, as my CPA. I use a, a. You got another great CPA. Oh. He's, he's a he's mad some, scientist. He's, I think. he's something special. <laughs> he's a mad scientist. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I got this letter. It's like, okay, well, here you you have fifty five hundred dollars. You know, so you owe another twelve hundred bucks in tax. Right. And I was like, well, no, I don't know. This this is an after tax contribution. So be careful when you're doing conversions, recharacterizations. There's a lot of different things that you want to make sure. I mean, we talk about it all the time on the show, and we make it sound somewhat common and easy. Uh, but there are certain forms. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I've probably done how many conversions do you think we've helped clients? With? Oh, with clients, thousands. Yeah, I, I would say yeah, ten thousand. Yeah, it could be close to a thousand a year. I bet you. And so we've been doing this seven, eight years. And then plus the well, no, I mean, how many people come through our doors on a? Uh, well, yeah, we we probably let's see. Last we do three thousand assessments. Yeah, well, not a year, but we do. We do well. Actually, that's about right. Come to think of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know my numbers. <laughs> you do. So, You're tight. Right. You're tight. Um. So yeah, I, I I understand this inside and out. And then just the simple form that you're not putting on your tax return, all of a sudden the IRS says, hey, you might owe us a little bit more money. And so just before you do anything, just make sure you talk to a qualified professional. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And, Joey, so you brought up a strategy that's so good I want to go over it, which is called the backdoor Roth contribution. So with a regular IRA or Roth IRA, you're allowed to contribute. $5,500 if you're under 50 or $6,500 if you're 50 and older. You have to have a job, though. You have to have earned income or you have to have self-employment income. Or be married to someone with income. Yeah, right. You can do a spousal. That's a good point, right? So, however, with a Roth contribution, there are certain income levels where you're phased out. And so for a single taxpayer, the phase-out starts at, I believe, $117,000. that sound right, Jim? Yeah, $117,000 and $132,000. Correct. And a married person, I believe, is $184,000 is where it starts phasing out. And so you get over these income levels, and you can't do a Roth contribution anymore. Now, here's the uh, backdoor strategy. And this really only works if you don't have an IRA. It's okay if you have a 401k, 403b. Those don't count. It's just IRAs. Right. There's It's, it's called aggregation and pro rata rule. So just if you don't have any other individual retirement accounts, yes, that, that's the key. So here's what you do. You go ahead and you're not allowed to do a Roth contribution. Let's say you're over $50, $6,500. You can do a regular IRA contribution. You, you, you probably can't deduct it because you're probably in a pension plan already at work, right? But uh, at any rate, you go ahead and do this contribution. It's, it's non-deductible. You don't get to deduct it. 
So that gives you what's called tax basis. In other words, you didn't get a tax deduction. So that's $6,500 that's sitting in the IRA. If you pull it out later, there's no tax consequence. Well, here's what you can do. You can take that $6,500 IRA and you can convert it to a Roth and you don't pay any tax on that either. Why? Because you have $6,500 of tax basis. And a lot of folks are doing that. It's a great strategy. Husband and wife can do that, even if only one spouse is working. And uh, it's actually so good, Joe, that our administration's been trying to get rid of it. And uh, it's uh, it's one of those things, though, that if uh, once you know about it, you ought to do it. It's, there's a no-brain, it's a no-brainer because to get money outside of your trust account or your savings account into a Roth IRA, a lot of some people say, well, well what's the investments? What, what does a Roth earn? Well, a Roth is not an investment. It's the type of retirement account. Anything that you can invest in outside a retirement account, you can also invest in a Roth IRA. And if it's in a Roth IRA growing tax-free, I like that better than if it's outside a retirement account account, you're going to be paying either ordinary income or Cap capital gains, gains right. depending upon how you have it invested. Right. And so uh, a couple of other things, too, is that now with retirement accounts, a couple of things, and we've talked about this before, too, is is that the, the budget, um, Obama probably, he, he wants to, you know, it's just, he's done here shortly, so he's trying to push a lot of things through. Sure. Right? And um, when it comes to retirement accounts, this five-year rule, is is probably going to come into effect at some point. Yeah, I would agree with you. And what that means is this, is that the stretch IRA note will no longer be in existence. This is just in proposal. It's not law. But what a stretch IRA does is that allows a non-spouse beneficiary to stretch out the tax liability over their lifetime. What will happen is that you don't get your lifetime anymore to stretch out the tax liability. So if it's a large retirement account, Right? They're going to have to take that large retirement account out as ordinary income within five years. So it, they could you know, defer it for the fifth year, pull it all out, or they could you know, do one-fifth of the account each year. But let's say it's a million bucks. Right? Well, that's a lot of money that has to come out each and every year to the non-spouse as ordinary income on top of their additional income that they're already making. Yeah, so let's say you're a sole beneficiary. You're the only child million dollars, $200,000 comes up per year. You're already making 100,000 or whatever. Now on your W on your 1040 form, it's like you're making 300,000. Right. So you're in a much much higher tax bracket. And what's really discouraging for beneficiaries when that if this were to happen, uh, is that they, they think they've got this million dollars coming to them and it, nowhere near that because of the taxes they have to pay. Right. Yeah, they could lose up to half. Is sure. right. Right. And so if you want to protect that, then you, it's looking at, okay, well, here, maybe I get it into a Roth because there is no required minimum distributions in a Roth. And then when it goes to the non-spouse beneficiary, the kids, the grandkids, nieces, nephews, whoever, they will not pay any tax on the distribution. Uh, so if you could say, all right, well, instead of them losing half of it, maybe I start converting a little bit out and paying maybe a little bit more tax than I otherwise would have. But now I have this money into this tax-free account uh, that I can still invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever that you'd like to have the growth of whatever your goals are. Uh, but then when it passes to the next generation, it's a lot more tax efficient to them. I mean, these are huge things that you want to make sure that you're aware of to protect your wealth. Because if you can protect the wealth from taxes, you can take on less risk. This whole Brexit, it's you know, right. It's scary. The markets are volatile. But guess what? Right now is a great time to do Roth IRA conversions if you haven't done it. The markets are down 3%, right? Well, hey, that's 3% less you would have paid in tax because you're converting at lower share prices. Tax loss harvesting. There's tax moves you want to make now. 
Yeah, Joe, I tell you, when you're talking Roth conversions, Roth contributions, tax loss harvestings, that there's so many opportunities at times like this. And, and a lot of people don't think about that. They just get so worried about their investments, they don't think. But the truth is, you can save more in taxes than you think. But you do need to look, a, look at a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. Because you know, when, when you're thinking about your retirement income, and if you could save taxes in retirement. You don't have to take as much risk in the investments, and then you're going to have a much less volatile ride. Hey, we got to take a break. When we get back, we're going to wrap things up. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth right here on AM 760 KFMB. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner. Um, I'm with Alan Klopine. He is a uh, CPA. And I got, did you know what happened during this period from 1871 to 2012? Huh. This is interesting. It looks like you got you to gotta read us a book, it looks like, huh? Well, there's a lot of kind of crazy stats here. Okay. So they're looking at the S&P 500. Yeah. Right? Um, the growth of the S&P 500 when, uh, from, let's see... This Where did it start out? At a point? Yeah. And now it's a lot more than that. <laughs> 2,000 plus. Uh, I should, why don't you talk about something so I can <laughs> read the... <laughs> well, I, here, here's what I was going to bring All right. Up. Let me remind you. Oh, you're, you're going again. Okay. okay. It's the U.S. stock market over the last 140 years adjusted for inflation. Okay. Okay. So... What has happened over that time period? 1.3 million Americans died while fighting nine major wars. Nine wars, okay. Four U.S. presidents were assassinated. Wow. 675,000 Americans died in a single year from a flu pandemic. Okay. 30 separate natural disasters killed at least 400 Americans each. 33 recessions lasted a cumulative 48 years. The stock market fell more than 10% from a recent high at least 97 times. Stock lost a third of their value at least 12 times. Annual inflation exceeded 7% in 20 separate years. The world's economic pessimism appeared in newspapers at least 29,000 times, according to Google. Really? And the market still increased 10,000-fold. Wow. So I suspect we'll be okay. (laughs) Patience will be... Uh, consistently tested, but ultimately rewarded as it has been in the past. Yeah. I, if I, this was hidden underneath another article that I didn't even look at. I wish you know I would have said this a little I, bit earlier. And that's a great article, especially in these times. Because oh, you sound so nice there. Because like, it's, so, it's like, oh, you're petty to little kid. I'm, I'm trying to relieve your fear. Just listen to me <laughs> for a second. It's, oh, it's going to be hypnotic. That is such a Please wonderful just, article. Just stay put and just be happy. <laughs> You like that? Yeah, that was very nice. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I've I've got to. I have to be the calming influence. Yes, because you're not. Yes, Winston Churchill finally said, "Democracy is the worst form of government, except for all others." <laughs> I actually have heard that. It makes me laugh every time. Uh, so what you're saying, Joseph Anderson? Yes. Is uh, we've weathered many, many, many storms, and we've come through it. And this is yet just another storm, just a little blip. We think of investing long term. We believe democracy and capitalism works. So fear not. 
Yes, fear not. Cannot wait to get to my computer in the morning and proceed to do absolutely nothing is what you should be thinking. Yes. So, um, you can you can look at your mail, check check some headlines just so you know what the news is. Send uh, you know, do a little chat with your friend, whatever. You know, yeah, it's everything's already priced in as of Friday. The market was down 600 points. It ended at um, well the Dow well, it was up it reached what eighteen thousand. It did on Thursday, and then now it's seventeen four. Yep. All right. So Monday we're probably going to see a little bit more volatility in the overall markets, probably for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I would say. You know, as more information is released, but what they're doing, they they overreact. The market always overreacts. True. Okay. So just keep that in mind. And then so with the information, if it's going to be worse, then the market will go down. If it's going to be the same or better, then you're going to see the markets come up. Right, because it's like okay, they already overreacted. That man, this is going to happen. Right, all the, the the whole eurozone is going to collapse. Everyone's is going to succeed out, and you know, there's probably not going to be uh, the euro in five years. All of this has already been talked about. Right? right, anything that you're thinking that whatever fear that you're thinking right now that could possibly happen, every people on Wall Street are thinking the same things. And so they've sold because they're nervous, and and it's already now we've got the new stock prices. Yes, based upon this new information. Right, and so the fear that you feel just magnify that by five. That's what the market does, right? Yes, that's true. And so ninety percent of all trades are by institutions, and these institutions are trading just to get a little millisecond of ahead of another trader to get a, a one tenth of one penny. If you're a long-term investor, don't worry about it. Who cares? Right? And I'm not saying who cares that you lost money. No, but you just got to take the noise out and just understand the fundamentals of capitalism should prevail. Yeah, I think that's right. And 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 of course, I mean, we do care. But the, but the truth is, let's not make any wholesale changes. I mean, that's that's the key. And and we know based upon what everything you just read to us, Joe, all these stats from way back when 18 something, 1840 years, 140 years. Okay. Yes. And uh, we've weathered a lot of stuff, and here we are market at all-time highs. Now, uh, Friday went down, but uh, yeah, capitalism works. Our markets work. And uh, in, if you're retiring right now, let's just say you're in your, your mid, early to mid-60s, and there's a good likelihood that you and your, or your spouse are going to be alive for 30 years. So you're going to have to have some market investments to be able to stay ahead of inflation. It's just the, the way it goes. Yes, sir. So just take it easy. Enjoy your weekend, um, and we'll figure out, you know, what Monday brings. Yes. But what you need to do is that you have to, and I and I think sometimes like this is a really good time for people to kind of reflect and make sure that they have a, a appropriate plan in place. You know, ironically, last week, right at the end of the show last week, I kind of threw out some doom and gloom stuff. And we're not a doom and gloom show at all. But it's like the markets will correct. Are you ready for it? Are you prepared for it? Right. You know, because it will. It will continue to go down in some instances. It will pop back up, but it will go down. Well, what are you going to do? Right. And as soon as something like this happens, right, the market falls 600. How many of you got out or wanted to get out or freaked out? You can't do that. You, it, it, there should be no surprises in your portfolio. Right. Well, the other thing too, Joe, is that that everyone makes such a big deal about that. But the truth is, on Thursday, the market went up two hundred fifty points. Two hundred fifty points. So we all of a sudden forget that. Yeah, exactly. Right? right. So I mean, I get it. You want to protect your money. You want to minimize your risk. And having a rock solid game plan to transform your savings into income in retirement. All right. That's it for us today. Big Al, you're off to Mexico or something, aren't you? 
Yeah, right after the show, I'm gonna we're gonna go down and um, I guess there's a home in Tijuana that uh, supports the, the kids that have that their parents are incarcerated. So we're gonna go down and hang out with them and spend some time and and hopefully play with them and read to them and whatever. You're so, gonna get shot. No, I'm not. I'm uh, because the Lord will take care of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm all good. Oh. This is through uh, this is through my church. Okay, all right. So you're gonna play with kids. Yes. They're, no. They're, what are you going to play? Cards? Play, play catch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been there. I'll find out. Well, you be careful. Enjoy yourself. And uh, for everyone else out there, enjoy your weekend. Do we have a guest next week? I don't think so. What is it? It's 4th of July next weekend. Yes. So uh, we better have a great show. Let's have a great independence show. Yes, it'll be a financial independence show since British just claimed they're independent. That's correct. They kind of stole that from someone. Yes, they, they're right. <laughs> they, but they've been waiting hundreds of years yeah, to yeah. claim their independence right. day. Finally, they did. Finally. All right. Okay, well, hey, um, happy weekend, everyone. For Big Al Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. We'll see you next week. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth right here on AM760 KFMB.